Blog Talk Radio. Everyone knows what good credit can unlock. Lower interest rates, higher limits, even negotiating power. We'll be joined by two specialists from Finland. Mm-hmm. Firstly, let me just introduce the captain, Mr. Ramsey. Come on, uh, good evening. Good evening. Would you choose to say anything to your friends and well wishes on you? You had a good match last evening. Yeah, it was fantastic last night. We were going to present ourselves as young and as the he had a great innings last night, um, young William Perkins, he batted well as well, Justin Gillen, um, we went over there, the bowlers did a great job for us by restricting the Jamaicans. By the way, we wanted to take the opportunity to congratulate you on being a newlywed. Thank you very much. We hope that you, know, you have a good life. Thank you. Uh, what makes Trinidad special? They are the champions of the sequence. Play, um, we go from play fearless cricket. Uh, we enjoy our games. Um, we just express ourselves. We have guys who are stroke makers, natural ability. We back ourselves and go there to play for our country, play for pride. It's awesome that you were able to come on with such a tremendous result last night. You know, about four of your team players. You have no Pollard, you have no Bravo, you have no Narai, and even Kevin Cooper. You have none of those guys. Yeah, I think with the young players that we have, um, they really want success and, uh, you know, the players are missing, there's an opportunity for them to make the team rather than be on the sideline and looking out. So, yeah, they really take the opportunity with both hands and uh, they've done well so far. I want to know something, and a lot of friends ask me this from time to time, why is it that Trinidad has to qualify to play in the Championship League? In spite of the fact they have been to the, the finals once and they were right up there, in the other two tournaments. Why do they have to qualify and other teams just pass right through to the main competition? Well, I guess how that's, the, the, that's how they set it up. Um, you never know, we can go there and we need to qualify again and hopefully we can go there and you know, beat some of the big teams in the tournament, upset them. And we yeah, the young bunch of guys that we have, they are capable of doing the job. Um, surface in South Africa is different, so we have to play a different ball game. Indeed. Uh, Eddie, you have a special um, Commentator, Eddie, do you want to say anything to Darren? Well, certainly I would definitely, I'm happy that I get the opportunity to be in the same room, so to speak, with Mr. Dennis Ramden. And also let me congratulate you on your wedding. Thank and you. I hope and pray that you will live together long, for a long, long time to come. And also let me congratulate you on your century that you made in England not too very long ago and a performance here in the T20 tournament. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, we have been working really hard as a team, not having some of the most experienced guys playing T20 and a young bunch of guys, as I said, you know, uh, with the rest of the senior players, we're trying to help them rally around each other. 
and Florida trip has been great so far. Unfortunately, the weather we didn't get to play tonight, but they will take back some memories from this. What was it like when you guys won the tournament, the 2020 tournament in the Caribbean at the Vivi Richards Stadium? What was the atmosphere like in Antigua back then? Yeah, it was um, fantastic. Um, you know, we are the defending champions. We went out there and we played CLS cricket. Um, type of players that we have. We enjoy our game. You know, each one of us back our ability and we went out there all the way and we won it again. Well, let me say last but not least, congratulations to win the Caribbean T20 tournament once again. And I know that you guys, when you go further abroad, that you guys will represent into the region well. Thank you very much. We have with us a former captain of the Trinidad and Tobago side. Now I call your name right, right? Mr. Darren Ganga. Darren Ganga. And we are very happy right. that you're able to join us. Any thoughts for you being playing here in uh, Silverado? Yeah, it's good to see um, you know you all have a wonderful facility here. Um, it provides a lot of hope, a lot of opportunity for young cricketers to hone their skills and you know possibly get on to the U.S. team and, um, and make a difference in world cricket. I think uh, the sport is growing in America. There's a huge Western Indian diaspora here and probably India and Pakistani diaspora as well. So there's a lot of potential for the game here. Uh, hopefully, facilities like like this one here um, would evolve in the coming years and, and create, you know, a more formal structure for cricket and cricketers in, in this part of the world. You are perhaps in the squad to go to the Championship League in South Africa. What are your feelings about the tournament, do you think? Well, it's, an, it's another opportunity for us as, as Trinidad and Tobago cricketers. Um, you know, we are represented not just uh, Trinidad and Tobago, but the West Indies. And, you know, every single time we've done so, you know, we try to to enhance our reputations as a team. Uh, we've, we've, we've grown, you know, from our very first outing in 2009 where we reached the final and then go on to win. Uh, we've grown, you know, from a, from a team that nobody knew anything about to a team that, you know, most people in the world could recognize the individual players. So we have accomplished uh, a great deal so far. Um, we see it as an opportunity, um, not just for, for, for our cricket, but for West Indian cricket. Uh, we're seeing a lot of our West Indian cricketers plying their trades in all different leagues in all different parts of the world. And, you know, Champions League cricket provides an opportunity for a player to be, you know, to be seen worldwide and, and to be uh, given the opportunity to play you know, in other third-party competitions. The question that has come to me, and perhaps it is on the minds of many people, is Pollard, Narayan, and Bravo will be represented Trinidad and Tobago in the Championship League. Well, I, I really can't answer that. Um, the chairman of selectors is somewhere around. I think, you know, that is a question for him. But what I could say is, you know, these guys, I'm sure, you know, would relish the opportunity for, to play for Trinidad and Tobago. We have a a nice chemistry as players. Uh, we've grown over the years. We've played a lot of cricket together, not just 2020 cricket, um, but they would have come through the ranks in our cricket structure at the under-15 level, the under-19 level, and eventually in the senior team level. So um, these are guys who understand the sort of fun and enjoyment you know we have playing amongst each other. So um, whatever decision is taken, I'm sure it's going to be in the best interest of of their cricket and Trinidad Tobago's cricket. Darren, we have in the midst one of the most popular Trinidadians here in South Florida. I don't know if you would know. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike Andrews, you might want to have a few words that you want to say. Do you have 
Well, like I said, uh, I didn't get a chance to see West Indies when they were here with New Zealand, uh, okay. but that was wonderful cricket. Everyone that was here really had a good time, and I, I, I guess the thrill of having cricket here at that level had everyone excited about it, and you know, everyone is looking forward to having more of that come back here to South Florida. I understand that they're planning next year, I'm not sure, I heard in the grapevine that to bring the Indian team here uh, to play West Indies, that's going to be a huge, because of the many people of the Indian diaspora and, and who follow cricket. You know, that when, if the, the Indian team and West Indies come, there's going to be some exciting cricket. So, you know, it, it's great. I remember when they started talking about building the stadium. And when they started building the stadium, the talk with the city of Lauder Hill and, and the idea of bringing cricket and, and, and netball and all these other kind of you know, West, Indian, West Indian sports to an area that is heavily populated by West Indian, had everybody excited. So uh, the cricket day with New Zealand team in West Indies was a, was a great, great step forward. I understand that the West Indies goal of cricket uh, was, was very pleased with the, with the turnout and the outcome. And I hope that this can build here, as Darren said, you know, to, to, to bring people more towards qualifying for USA uh, cricket squad, yeah. who could go on and then challenge the traditional cricket powers. You know, the England and the Australians and West Indies and so on. So I, I think this is good for cricket in South Florida and for the USA. Sharon, mm -hmm. your final thoughts for your friends and well wishes? I know you have many around the world. Yeah, just, um, you know, we're, you know, as a West Indian people, we're, we're not, you know, there um, in terms of where our standard of cricket uh, should be. You know, I consider, you know, Florida and, and Miami as part of the West Indies because of the amount of West Indians in, in this part of, of America. Uh, we all have a, a responsibility. I don't think it's only to the administrators of the game and, and, and just the players to, to lift our cricket out of the doldrums. I think, you know, opportunities like these, initiatives like, like these here in, uh, in Florida is only going to grow this sport in terms of the interest behind the game and, and learning the right sort of sponsors and, and people to support the game. Um, you know, all these things have a ripple effect on the sport of cricket. Um, you know, in the Caribbean, you know, you always hear, you know, about the challenge to get funding and financing to to have a, a four-day competition that is extended, you know, to have a proper 50-over competition that would allow for more cricket for cricketers. Uh, these are the sort of challenges that we face in, in the Caribbean and, you know, this is something that is, is very real you know, and it directly impacts on our cricket. So we all have to try and, 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 and build this sport. You know, we know the great legacy that West Indies cricket and, and the cricketers, has, you know, have left in the 70s and 80s, and we must build upon that. I don't think, you know, we have done justice to what they have accomplished. And, and this modern era of cricketers, you know, we have to try and, and turn that around, you know, change, change the fortunes of West Indies cricket and, and hopefully, you know, put West Indies cricket on the right track. Thank you so very much. I wish you well and wish you a team well in South Africa. Thanks very much for having me. Okay, it was a pleasure. And we do have with us... Thank you. Tamar Lambert. Am I correct in saying that right? He's Jamaican captain. Successful West Indian... I mean, he's Jamaican captain five years in a row as the regional four-day champ. How do you feel to be uh, the champ? It's a great feeling. Um, we have worked very hard over the years to accomplish what we have accomplished so far. Um, you know, we still still have a lot more to accomplish. Um, so, as I said, it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, we still have a very good team. 
thing. Um, most of us are close to Jersey now, are just Jersey, so we still have a few more years to go. And, you know, we continue to perform for our country, and for ourselves and for our family. And so we just continue to put in the hard work. Um, every day that we come training, um, we see it as an opportunity to, to get better at our game. And, you know, we reap the success that we deserve. Last night was not a very good night for your team. What went wrong? Well, as I can see, we have a lot of youngsters um, um, in our team at the moment. And, you know, there are some things that we're trying out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one competition has eluded us, and that is the 2020, I think. Trinidad have get the better of us in, in 2025 now. So now our preparation really starts here. As I said before, we have some youngsters in our team. And, you know, yes, we want to win. But there are things that we're looking forward to. And it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, last night was a poor game. And, and there are some improvements um, coming out of the game last night. Um, we hope that we could get another game in tonight. But you know, we can't do anything about the rain. So, you know, we go back home and then a, a week's time we'll back in Trinidad for um, another 2020 competition. We'll try and put a, a better team together. and. and and play a lot more good cricket over there. You think, on hindsight, do you think it was a mistake to send Russell up to number three? Well, as I said before, I don't think it's a mistake, but we're, we're trying things, and this is the time that, you know, we need to try things. Um, we're closer we get to that competition in January, then, you know, we'll, we'll have a better understanding. Um, players will know their role, so, you know, we sit down as a team and, and talk about it. We all want to go in the next three or four months. Um, so, as I said before, it's an opportunity to rest. It didn't come up last night, but you never know what um, tonight if you get in another game. So, so it's a step in the right direction. We have with us Mr. David Maitland, the scorer, and he wants to say a few words. Lambert, just a question here. Uh, I know, as I said, Trinidad has been getting the best of, of us in Jamaica, in particular, winning. The four day, the three day, we have the under 19, we have the women, we have the under 15, mm-hmm. and we can't the 2020 team to elude us. Mm-hmm. Is it there that maybe we need to develop a more 2020 cricket in Jamaica with like a Sabina? It probably would help us with our game. Yeah, that will definitely help um, if we could get like a Sabina. At the moment, we don't have any light, so now we have to find ways and means to, to go forward in this world. Um, Trinidad have played a lot of Sony Tony cricket, as you can see. I don't think it's, this is um, their best team. There's no Nira and Pollard and, and Bravo. But, and as I said, we try to close the gap. and try to close the gap as, as quickly as possible. And I think we are in the right direction, going in the right direction. As I said before, I think last night was one of our better games against Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I think most of the time when we play them, they, they all played us. But, Although they scored two hundred and one last mm-hmm. night, there are certain points in the game we were right there. I think we were ninety out of eleven over. You know, mm-hmm. and, and then you know, when I look back at it, then probably if we did have Andre Russell down there then, you know, ninety of ten overs would be a uh, game on. But we lost Andre earlier. And as I said before it's a, it's a work in progress and you know, we try to um Eliminate the bad decision that we make at certain points in the game, as I said before. And as I said before, I think we are on the right track, and you now hopefully we can put in a lot of hard work the next couple of months. And, and when the 2020 competition comes around in January, then you know we have 
we'll definitely in a better frame of mind and proceed with understanding more clearly. Thank you. With us, we have the Mayor of Mother Hill, Nick Hoffman. Yes, Hello, Tom. Welcome to the Cricket Show. It's live on the internet. Yes. And um, we're happy to have you with us. What is your special word for the listening audience? Well, we are really thrilled that uh, Jamaica and Trinidad could come here and play uh, some cricket. I'm fortunate that we had some rain tonight. There was a early uh, game earlier today between two other teams that I understand was able to be played. And I know they were able to play last night, but uh, and I know the people were disappointed they could not watch the game tonight because of the rain. It did stop, but it's still wet out there. But at least the other side of cricket was uh, happened, which was very healthy, which was the social side of it. So there was a lot of good parties going on around here, and everyone seemed to enjoy that. So the fans still had some something from the event from tonight. I tell you, you have gotten quite a bit of kudos for your part in bringing this facility here to South Florida. And I, on behalf of the Cricket Show, I want to commend you for the tremendous job that you have done to bring this facility. We are able to see um, world-class cricket in a world-class facility. How did you make it to your uh, constituent? Well, there was a lot of people involved with it. and. Uh, the community got together, there was a bond issue within the county, there was an agreement to create a regional park, and the, uh, the county did ask uh, the people uh, within the area what they wanted to see here, and we very much uh, pushed for the creation of cricket to have uh, this facility built here. Uh, we were trying to uh, qualify or be selected for the uh, 2000 World Cup that was in the Caribbean. Uh, we were unsuccessful with that, but the stadium was a success in that it's been built here and it's uh, we've had some great games we just had recently the west indies versus new zealand and uh, a couple of years not too long ago back we also had new zealand versus sri lanka there's some talk about uh, future games the india comes up i've been hearing about that mm -hmm. and uh, we're uh, hoping for a lot of really good play both uh, uh, on the international grounds, uh, international area, and in our local Caribbean, and uh, we like to see the uh, games come up here as much as possible because you know, when the teams come here, then they're reaching out to uh, people of their own countries that have come to the United States and they can't necessarily see uh, their sport, their national sport, very easily. So this gives them opportunity and increases the fan base so that a lot more people are able to follow their teams. It is really healthy for the, uh, for the sport of cricket. Um, there was one question I haven't been able to ask anyone uh, from either Jamaica or the Trinidad team, because one of the things is this is accredited for day play. It's not accredited for uh, international night play, but you did play last night under the lights. Uh, they were trying to make the, they're working on trying to make the lights a bit better, but I was trying to find out what they thought about the lights and how well it played compared to other uh, facilities that are accredited for night. Yes, we are waiting to join Mason and Guest. And Bobby, let's be with us as we go through the ropes. This is the Cricket Show, and we invite you to be with us each and every Sunday from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Saturday mornings, we have a bit of entertainment for you. So join us from 9 until 12 on, on Saturdays. Here is Mason.
talk cricket on Mason and Guest and Andrew Mason. And of course, we come at a time when the West Indies are doing very well. In fact, they did very well in the T20 series. And now they're doing battle in the ODIs. And that, of course, is against Australia. We're going to go straight to Kensington Oval and speak to Roland Butcher, the former Barbados, and of course, former um, England batsman. Roland, good evening to you. How are you? And you believe for you, and uh, welcome to Kensington Oval. Yes. What's the latest score there, Roland? The latest score, Andrew, the score is now 206 for four. Currently, we've got a rain break. Um, two minutes to go, the seventh open, but doesn't look too bad at the moment. Outside, on, to my right, it's still very dark, but it's really drizzling. 206 for four after 42 overs. Um, Kerry's on 59 and out, and Lucan Turner is on 45. Um, Turner is the last over from the holder hitting for a couple of sixes, so all is completed. Get all this now, and he's gone for 49. And um, this partnership really um, kicking ahead between the two. And uh, all this is really Australia now. We're certainly looking um, beyond the 250 mark, which will be making it a very competitive score. Yeah, in fact, at one stage when I was there, Kensington Oval, um, uh, the West Indies have picked up a couple of wickets. In fact, 114 for four, if my memory serves me right. So you're right, this is a very important partnership, Roland. Yeah, extremely. Um, I think you've had some good performances with the balls from um, the likes of um, Zari Joseph. He's bowled really well. He's bowling over at the moment. He's taken two for 25, so he can be very satisfied um, with, his, with his work. Um, yeah, the Walsh has also done a good job. It seems always has only caught 16 runs. Um, he's got to 37 of his seven. Um, but he has some older, quite expensive fields of the he's finished. He's got two for 50. Okay. So, they've still got to find a few overs, and um, Australia very much in the ascendancy right now. Mm. How's the pitch played so far, Roland? Pitch is, um, you know, it's a pitch where you've got to take your time at bat. Uh, you've got to get in. I don't think you can come in and start blasting the off as you speak. The grounds are now taking the covers off, so hopefully we'll be back playing in a few minutes. But it's a little bit you know, if you ball well, because we've seen the ball... Uh, it's a whole about a couple of balls and you know, Dory Joseph to really move off the pitch and the spin that we saw earlier as well. So it's really made um, a hit. We're still needing in the ball because Australia have got two spinners and that may they're likely to be the trunk cars the spinners, but at the same time, if they can't grip the ball, that will be good for West Indies. But I think anything over 250, 270, um, it's going to be extremely competitive. And the decision by Australia having bothered to toss to bat first, were you surprised by that, Roland? No, but no, the right decision. Um, get as many overs as you can in the light before the lights come on. We all know what it's like to get under, under the light, certainly for batting. Not at all easy. So Australia made the right decision, decided to bat in the daylight and give West Indies the option to bat at the night. Mm-hmm. Well, just before you go, Roland, uh, is it a bit strange that you've got cricket at Kensington and no spectators? Yeah, it's very strange. Um, you know, it is a strange feeling. I guess imagine it's a very strange feeling for the players as well. Uh, as you know, um, when you play cricket, you like to have spectators to feed off. So really, the players have got to bring all the adrenaline themselves because there's no spectators to feed off. 
If you thought they can work on is the watching public, who's watching television and listening to the radio, the millions away, but certainly a different feeling than they're having a crowd here at Kensington Oval. So quickly again, before you go, what's the latest score? Australia, 206 for four, or 42 overs. Currently, um, Curry, the captain, is on 59 out of 15. Um, Ashton Turner, he's on 45 out of And the partnership over some nice to run. Okay. Well, that's it for me. I don't know if uh, Dr. Ford has got any questions for you. We've been joined by CEO uh, Johnny Grave and, of course, fellow Wallace, who's having a, um, some water there in good old England. Uh, uh, Doctor, good evening. Do you have any questions for Roland? Hi, good, good evening, Roland, and, and you and the listeners. Uh, Roland, looking uh, at the speakers, the, the spinners are doing pretty well. Um, I only listened from the radio on my way down uh, after the first break, and I was surprised Akil Hussein had pulled out all the kind of his overs. How do you rationalize that decision? So I think basically, Hussein um, had, you know, he, he was doing very well, and um, you know, I guess he got into a good rhythm. You know, he, he pulled the spells and he came back head on. And uh, I don't think there was anything wrong really with him pulling out his overs. I think. The problem for um, Aaron Pollard and the West Indies is the fact that Jason Mohammed, who was the other spinner that you expected to pull the number of overs, the three overs is costing 25 runs. So that put a bit of pressure um, on the captain, which meant he had to go back um, to another fast bowler. Um, Aaron Walsh has obviously done a very good job. So between him and the spin, you know, between them, they've 16 overs, and really they've only gone for some 66 runs. So that you know, that's a pretty good return. And so they've done where they some Mohammed is taking four three over to twenty five. So, you know, had he bowled a little bit better, you know, you may have been able to keep the same for later on. But at the same time, you know, you know, you've got eight overs to go, so the remaining bowlers you've got caught through, you know, he's still got three in his locker. So Jason Holder, you go with him, you know, he's still got two. Um, Joseph has got two left. Um uh, Walsh has got four, so you know, you've got options.
to work with our counterparts in Cricket Australia to um, give them confidence that they can come to the Caribbean, they can be looked after well and play good cricket and be safe. And um, certainly it's, um, you know, it's been a good series thus far, hard, hard fought, as you would expect. Um, great to win the T20 series. I thought the team played uh, really, really well throughout that series. And yeah, looking forward now to this the one-day internationals, as you know, they form part of this ICC Super League, which is the the qualification process for the next 50 over World Cup at the end of 2023 in India. So uh, we had to qualify to the last one in Zimbabwe, and you know, we'll be looking to qualify automatically through finishing in that top eight and six league. So it's really important that we win our home games, and and then obviously every every game counts. So uh, we want to do well in all three games. Mm-hmm. And you just had, uh, of course, the, the, the South Africans. Uh, they won in terms of the Test Series and then would have started as underdogs. They won the T20s. And then the West Indies bumped them back very well to trash Australia 4-1. That must have been pretty pleasing to you and the board. Yeah, it's always good to see the team winning. It's also been brilliant to see the West Indies women's team and, and that inaugural A team playing here in Antigua um, across the two venues here. So, um, look, I saw a stat the other day that we played um, more cricket than any other nation in the world other than England through the pandemic. And that's testament to um, the philosophy that we've taken, the can-do attitude of playing cricket both home and away. Obviously, the South Africans always postponed and we've, we've waited a year for, for the South Africans to come and Australia and Pakistan were always slated to come this summer and um, yeah, um, in fact Pakistan are due to arrive in Barbados tomorrow so plenty of cricket coming up and um, yes it's an enormous operational and political challenge for everyone involved but you know, thus far we've done really well to keep everyone safe and to keep the cricket going. In terms of Barbados, no spectators, are you surprised by that? Uh, not after the announcement that the government made um, a week or so ago where they, they put in um, some, some restrictions to deal with the spiking cases. And we always knew that we're dealing with a dynamic situation. We had um, suspect cases allowed in St. Lucia and Grenada um, and Antigua for the women's games as a, in reduced capacity, fully vaccinated only. But we hoped that that would be the case in Barbados too. But obviously when the country went back into sort of curfews and lockdowns a week or so ago. Uh, I think it was probably inevitable that the, the government, um, through the CMO and the Ministry of Health, would take every precaution. And um, unlike fellow in the UK, where obviously COVID doesn't exist, um, we're very conscious that it does exist here. And I'm very, you know, very happy that we can continue to keep, keep players safe by having a biosecure environment. And also that we, we work very closely with the governments of the host countries to make sure that we can keep the residents and communities of the country safe too. So, um, yeah, it's, um, for sure it's disappointing to the Barbados fans, but hopefully it won't be too long before we can be back in, in Barbados with, with international cricket and, and be, be welcoming fans back into the stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, some people felt, though, that um, this should have been allowed in North but it's just not even the board of the legends being able to watch cricket in Barbados. Not a bit strange. I believe the CMO um, uh, spoke to Dr. Roland Topping yesterday and the CMO had allowed uh, the BCA executive and cricket legends of Barbados to attend the fixture. So there is a small um, 
people scattering with Barbados legends at the top of three Ws who are fully vaccinated who are being admitted to I see. Well, some people feel that um, the, the government went overboard, and uh, maybe we can get Dr. Uh, Ford and this and the cricket, you know, attended the Noble. Yes, um, you know, last week we had a bit of a scare, but, you know, there are over, what, 70,000 fully vaccinated people. So, so why don't you allow some to come to Kensington? That was a question being asked by some people, Johnny. Yeah, I'm sure that, that, that question's been asked, especially when obviously people see fully vaccinated fans um, attending matches in St. Lucia and Grenada and, and obviously stop their TV screens and watch Pakistan in England against the, the current Pakistan series. But, but ultimately, the governments of the region have an enormously challenging task um, in managing COVID, in balancing um, you know, economic impact and the commercial considerations along with the safety of the populations and um, we've always said that we will fully adhere to and not put any Ministry of Health under any pressure whatsoever um, but obviously if you can't get fans into the stands then it's clearly something that we, we want to do but at the same time when governments say that it's not possible um, we fully um, you know, support that decision that only the governments and only the GMOs can make mm -hmm. Yes, uh, Dr Ford do you want to comment on this? Well, um, I do see your point as it relates to vaccinated individuals being able to do things as, as the Freedom Day in the UK, that's one that directs and it's France for doing things. But having a curfew at 11, cricket starting at 2.30, at 7 hours, that's 9.30, the slightest rain stoppage can really prevent individuals from, from reaching home before the curfew. So I, I can see the, the issue there with uh, individuals needing to help uh, a rule that's been put in place which can be so easily contravened because of people seeing like rain stoppages. As, as we've seen now with this first match, mm -hmm. uh, this match will finish pretty late. I know with cricket it takes a while to walk out of the, the ground and then to get your vehicle and depending on what your transportation is then to get home, uh, it would probably create some difficulty. So I believe if there was no curfew, we would have had uh, fully vaccinated individuals in the, in the ground. But, but the present situation, I believe, precludes that uh, possibility. Interesting. Well, um, I know there's a lot of talk, and people certainly feel that they should have allowed at least the vaccinated uh, folks into the ground. The other thing, too, that I want to talk to you about before we bring Philo in, there's a story coming out of the Barbados today that says the actions of Cricket West Indies to engage the government of Barbados in talks and not include the Barbados Cricket Association as it relates to the hosting of uh, West Indies against Australian series has been described not only as insulting but disrespectful. How do you respond to that, Johnny? You've not been talking to the BCA? I respond... Um with the truth, which is we've never met with the government of Barbados um, without the BCA being involved, um, which is the right and appropriate thing to do, and that's how we operate throughout the region. Um, in most of the cases, the meetings are established by the local board, so certainly in the case of all the meetings that I've been present with, the BCA have kindly arranged those with the relevant government officials on the calls, and um, yeah, the story is just simply not true. 
so this is a this is a nonsense, uh, nonsense, nonsense of, of um, sorry then. There's no truth to it. There's no truth to it. All right. Um, interesting because um, you know when I've done my investigations, um, you know, some people are saying that look, um, the cricket West Indies are talking to the governments directly, not involving the local associations. And I'm also hearing that there's disquiet among uh, other boards. Uh, can you confirm this? I can confirm what I said earlier, which is there's no truth to any of it. We, we never meet with governments without the local boards. Mm. Um, I think we've been very, very clear that we want all the stakeholders to support cricket, and that includes the governments. Mm. Um, so we need, especially in COVID times, we, it's absolutely crucial. We can't even play international cricket without the governments approving them. Mm. So, um, so we, we've, in a sense, been forced to have much more detailed conversations probably than we've ever had beforehand with not just ministries of sport, but um, ministries of health to ensure that the crickets firstly got CMO approval and, and cabinet approval for their international teams to land and, and go through um, whatever quarantine protocols are established by the Ministry of Health. And, um, there's, there's absolutely no truth to the fact that we've ever met with a local board without the, go without the um, sorry, government, without the local board being involved. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, we are asking governments across the region for the hosting of cricket, not just medically, but occupationally as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that hopefully we will take those conversations on to the next level when we start to come out of COVID and talk to governments with the territorial reports about how they can work with us and partner with us, not just on hosting cricket, but also on primary and secondary school cricket that we're looking to re-establish and reinvigorate throughout the region. So um, that's the truth of the matter. But I don't know who you listen to, Andrew, so I can only speak to um, what I know and what the situation is. Well, that's interesting because I'm here and I've done some, some, some serious, serious, as early as 7.30 this morning, I was on the phone to Ghana, and I'm hearing that Ghana is quite upset. And in fact, the Ghana board actually wrote to CWI. Can you confirm this? Confirm whether the PCB have written to us, or confirm that we've met with the government? With the government. I don't know what. Well, well, do you want me to? I don't know what your serious research is. Uh, well, okay, okay, okay. If we ever met with a guy in a government without the GCP, the Johnny, uh, Johnny are we looking forward to hosting international cricket in Guyana? Mm. Yes. Will that be in partnership with the GCP and the government? Yes. Johnny, have you received a, a letter from uh, the GCP only recently expressing uh, some concerns about the fact that you're going to the government of Guyana and leaving the GCP out? We're not going to any governments in the region without the local boards, Andrew. Mm. Every meeting we have with governments, there are local representatives from the boards involved. Mm -hmm. In most of the cases, they have even established and set the date with the relevant government official. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we met with the GCB last night, um, two hours over the hosting of the games. We met with them on Monday. Mm -hmm. We met with them on Friday. Mm -hmm. um, you know... I don't know what else we can say, but are we asking the government to support the hosting of cricket both right. medically and operationally? Yes, we are. Mm. Are we doing that in full, open, transparent um, 
transparency with the local boards? Mm. Yes, we are. Mm. Have we ever met with a government without the local board? Mm. No, we haven't. No. I mean, I don't know what else I need to say or what other questions you want to ask on this, but I cannot be more clear to you, Anthony. Okay. There is no truth to this whatsoever. But, but, but Johnny, but I have the letter. I have the letter. Okay. So what does the letter say? It's written to me. Well, um, so but, 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 but let me ask the question. So, so are you confirming that the letter was written by the Ghana Cricket Board, expressing similar concerns as the Barbados Cricket Association? Can you confirm this? I'm not aware of any concerns the Barbados Cricket Association had. Okay. I, I've not received any. I spoke to Roland Topping for the last two weeks about the hosting of the cricket in mm. in, in Barbados. Um, we've had several meetings with several different mm. ministries of government with in the Barbados government, all of which BCA mm. officials have been involved with. Right. I don't think I've attended ever a meeting mm. of any government in, in the region without a local board official being in there. So all mm. of this is simply not true, Andrew. We can talk about it all night, but okay. the situation is the situation. All right, fair enough. All right, let's move on. I wouldn't read the letter. I wouldn't do that. But um, I I will say to you that I've done my homework, and there's a serious concern by the Ghana Cricket Board in relation to the relationship between CWI and the Ghana Cricket Board because they're saying that you're going directly to the government. And it has to do, of course, uh, in the case of the sort of venue agreement. The host agreements um, that we're looking to establish are between CWI, Cricket West Indies, local borders, our agents um, and partners on the ground, and the government. Mm. So, again, I don't, know, I don't know what else you want me to say, Andrew. Fair enough. All right, Johnny, we'll move on. We'll move on. I think that... Um... But, but, Andrew, let's just be clear. Let's just be very clear. Yes. The Cricket West Indies and the local boards mm. to maximise cricket at every level, from primary school secondary school, mm. vibrant club cricket within the region, mm. as well as hosting regional international cricket. Mm-hmm. We need to work in partnership, not just with governments, but with the private sector, sponsors, commercial partners, the media such as yourself. Mm. This isn't a closed shop. We need right. to all work together. This is cricket. This is West Indies cricket. Right. It, it needs to be worked with amongst all stakeholders in a very open and transparent manner. Right. That is the way that we are working. And we want to get more people mm. across the Caribbean right. involved in support, actively supporting mm. in this cricket. All right, fair enough. All right, so there's no, there's so no apology for that. Okay. And, and, and if that upsets people, that upsets people. Okay. It's the situation. Right. And we deal with things professionally, openly, and honestly. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you now, we have never and we would never meet with a government in the region without the local board being aware of it. Mm-hmm. And in 99.9% of the time, they would always be present. Or oh, 99% of the time, another 100. Okay, fair enough. All right, uh, Philip, uh, I, I sometimes in Antigua, yes. sometimes in Antigua, Andrew, where we're based, we might meet government, and sometimes the local board might not actually be present, but they know about the meeting and they know about the subject. Mm. Antigua is slightly different because we're hosting. 
we're, we're, we're headquartered here and we have a mm. joint venture partnership with the Puget Cricket Ground. Right. So I'm not going to tell you 100% of the time, right. when I know there has been one or two occasions, mm. with full disclosure to the local board mm. in Antigua where we may not have done. Uh, for Phil, have you done any investigations? I mean, um, there's the, 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 uh, the article written in the Barbados today, have you read it? Karen, Drew, I, I read it. Uh, I was quite surprised uh, when I read that article. I also got uh, some information from from people who are directly involved uh, with the cricket, both at the B, at the BC and other levels. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm and I'm getting what you're saying because I was I was from my from my homework or my investigating. I I I got to realize that it has been it's been banded around that CWI are trying to ostracize the local territorial boys when it comes. I find it hard to believe because it is not picked up. It is cricket. <clears throat> and they are directors of the territorial boys that sit on Westminster Cricket Board. If there's any cricket coming to Barbados, Diana, Trinidad and Tobago, those local territorial boys need to be involved in the decision making. Even if it means they need decision making because at the end of the day the boys tend to benefit cricket is being played in the, in the territory. I would expect that the territorial boys have a, a big stake in those decision-making and, and, and have a, a big stake in those meetings. Yes, the meetings have gone out into supplemental because of the pandemic, and that is expected. But I think that the territorial boys still needs to be, still needs to have a presence. And I don't know who represented the territorial boys or who represents the territorial boys at those meetings, CWA and government. But they need someone there with a bit more muscle who can really show what the board needs and what the local board needs and what they expect. Because we haven't been hearing about this thing for a long time. I thought that all oh, this was done and busted, this transparency, and everybody's operating on a, on a level playing field. But I've been gathering my information, I'm getting the same. You know, the CEO of the West Indies, an honorable man, is saying that it's all, it, 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 it's all true. There's no truth to it. So I'm betwixt and between who's the believe here. And I will hope that the West Indies are not doing these things. Because at the end of the day, we're all stakeholders in this cricket. I might be in England, but I'm a stakeholder less in this cricket. And I would like to see transparency, honesty in all cricket moving forward. This is only, only going to mean bad for cricket. Now, Pakistan arriving tomorrow, a good side, despite England beating them, and Tony England is a good team, and Pakistan is playing good cricket. But they will beat them by a better side. And they're going to come to the Caribbean looking to beat us. And we don't want these kind of issues. We want nice, clean, decent cricket. And it has to start from in that boardroom where people start thinking about all cricket more, more seriously. It is a business. There are no spectators to generate revenue. It has to come from some other means. Our sponsors need to be seen. So we need to make sure that our cricket is run smoothly. And those players who are involved have benefited. I don't like this thing of cricket. I think these are the third boards. I don't think that should happen because they all sit as direct and they all meet. So I, I don't know what is going on down there, and I will hope that it is, it is, it is put in context sooner rather than later. We don't oh, I think um, I think Phil makes a really good point, which is Cricket West Indies are the territorial board. <laughs> they are the shareholders of the organisation. We are the same. You know, you have CWI, who are the uh, the regional body, and then you have the local boards. You know, the local board president, vice president, sits on the CWI board of directors. There's no. I don't understand where this them and us comes from. We're all working together. This is all West Indies cricket. Um, you know, there's full transparency. Everyone is attending the same meetings. You know, we just we all have to work together. And then COVID's proved that 
if we don't work together, we wouldn't be hosting all this cricket because we need to have the government, we need to have the territorial boards, and we need CWI working together in partnership.
Yes, cricket. Lovely cricket. West Indies cricket. Andrew Ford, we've got on Zoom, Johnny Crave, the CEO of Cricket West Indies and former uh, West Indies hardest over in the batsman, Philip Wallace. Yes, Doc? Uh, and Johnny, I was just looking at the TV and I, and I was wondering if our batting coach is still uh, not in the region and if that is so, what's the, the real difficulty? Oh, he's there, he's there. He was just on the balcony two minutes ago. Okay, well, I didn't see him, but that's that's great. Uh, so, have you had have you had to reject the um, the coaching staff with him returning? Andre Cody went over to St Lucia to do the uh, first matches against um, South Africa, um, and then um, once he decided to win the team in St Lucia, and once he'd gone through his quarantine period, was able to start. Uh, against the Australia series. So Andre Cody replaced him for the whole of the um, South Africa tour. Okay, great. Go fill up. Johnny, uh, about vaccinations, uh, how many of our players are fully vaccinated? How many of the backroom staff? And what are plans down the road in relation to the, the contracted players uh, at the territorial level? Are they going to be fully vaccinated too? Or are they being vaccinated? This vaccination for the players? Um, yeah, look, we are um, huge advocates of the vaccination. We are working with CARFA and the, and the regional governments to get out vaccination messages from our players and through our channels to promote what we believe is uh, the best way out of this pandemic, which is for everyone to be fully vaccinated. Um, I think we've got um, two players in the women's squad who aren't fully vaccinated, and that's purely age-related because they're under 18. Uh, all of the support staff of the women uh, squad are fully vaccinated now, and, and um, yeah, we must acknowledge and thank the government of Antigua and Barbuda who administered all of those vaccinations for the players and the support staff. Um, in the case of men's players, I think we have four players in total across all three squads that aren't fully vaccinated at this stage. Uh, all the support staff are. So, again, I think we did well over 100 vaccinations in St Lucia, so it be remiss for me not to thank the governments of St. Lucia and Grenada who have also provided all the support staff when they've hit those, those timings um, of when vaccination doses are either first or second. They've done that for us with nurses coming out to administer them within the biosecure environment. So we're enormously grateful for the governments for um, giving us access to that. Clearly players have been away from home for a long time and therefore it's very difficult for them to necessarily get it within their home countries. But it's something that we're pushing hard. Um, we hope that um, certainly by the end of the summer, um, probably after the end of the CPL, that everyone within West Indies cricket from a men's and women's perspective on and off the field, including, in fact, defence staff, groundsmen, cleaners, catering staff, everyone would be fully vaccinated. That does allow us to, to move more freely, to host more cricket, uh, as you know, we haven't hosted any four-day cricket. Clearly, there's a, still a disruption to um, the, air, the, the flight schedules. Um, still very difficult for us to manage, but at the same time, the more we can get ahead of the game and, and those local staff, event staff, stadium staff, as well as our players and support staff being fully vaccinated, all of that is going to help us get all of the cricket back online. And certainly, our aspiration is that looking ahead towards 2022, we would have what I would describe as a normal year with under-15s, under-17s, under-19 boys and girls and, 
and a full complement of regional cricket tournaments. But you know, having everyone vaccinated, and it's interesting because if if one person in that group isn't vaccinated, you are defined by CMOs as unvaccinated. So 100% compliance is what we're aiming to do, and our medical staff are working with with everyone and the ministries of health to try and do that. So it's been an enormous challenge, and I'm. Very grateful for the work of our medical team and that of the ministries of health that we've we've come this far and that we are 90, 99% probably across certainly the people that we control our staff. I think that maybe three Christian West Indies staff are not fully vaccinated. Um, as I said, a, a couple of players within the women's side, but that's only age related. And um, yeah, I think we're down to four players across all those three squads within the men's team. So hopefully by the end of September when CPR finishes, we will be 100%. Mm. Um, just before you go, I think we just need to. I think we just need to keep talking though, because we've just taken three wickets. So um, oh, we've only got two more to go. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Just before you go, so the four cricketers that are not vaccinated—that's that's that's of course my choice. Um, choice logistics, I think, to a certain extent. Mm. Um, some players have a personal preference for the vaccination mm. type that they wish to get, which may not be available in some of the countries that they've been in. So, a variety of reasons. Being all students about the other action. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful indeed. Thanks. Wonderful indeed. Yeah, yes. Our good friend, Philo. The Australian series. Uh, obviously, these are important. These histories are... The other games are important in relation to ICC and qualifying uh, for the World Cup. Oh, obviously, I, I don't know how close you are to the squad, but obviously, we have, the squad must be motivated looking to, to, to beat Australia as well. In these three one day games, I congratulated them for, for winning the, the, the T20 series. And this captain, Pollard, uh, obviously, Poran, he, he sat in and he did a, a wonderful job. These three 50 over games in Barbados. Can you tell us the importance of these 350 games and the points that can be gained in moving us up that ladder to, to get automatic qualification for the World Cup? Certainly when you look at the Super League um, table and you see how some of the teams are performing uh, and you know that only the top eight are going to qualify, it's going to be an enormous challenge. And uh, I think we have to accept as well that, that losing three away from home in Bangladesh has put us on the back foot somewhat. Um, and we've rebounded obviously with a great series win and a 3-0 victory to us against Sri Lanka. But it makes, and I think also playing at home, you always want to drive home the importance of winning your home games, especially when we know that we're going to have to go to India away from home in, in February of next year. So, um, yeah, look, I, I don't think any player needs motivation to play any team, but certainly not the Australians at their full run. You know, we, uh, we'll be very, very motivated to, to win all three. Um, and get up that table and then hopefully keep the run of form going. We're going to have a bit of a break um, in one-day international cricket, obviously with the T20 World Cup, and then test matches, we hope, away from home to Sri Lanka after the World Cup. But we've got, we've got to go away to Pakistan just before Christmas, and then we've got to go away to India in, um, in February. So that run of six one-day internationals is going to be very challenging uh, in those conditions. So it makes it even more important. I think the players are very therefore conscious and aware that winning these three at home in Kensington is, is, is going to be pretty, pretty important. Sure. Oh. 
Oh, well, um, I see uh, that we have uh, Franklin Rose with us. Uh, Franklin, have you been watching the, the series with Australia and the Kennys and now the 50 overs? And what are your thoughts so far about the performance of the West Indian team? Remember to take your views off, uh, Frank. You want to hear you, Frankie? Okay. Yes. Oh, we hear you loud and clear, Frankie. Good evening, guys. Um, so far, I'm pleased with their performance in the 2020, but I still would like to see a bit more consistency from some of the senior players. Um, we need more consistency from the players. I think, especially Chris Gale, you know, it's, it's good to leave the game before the game leaves you. And there's been a lot of pressure on him, uh, you know, over the past couple of months. And people have been saying, you know, it's time, it's time, you know, you had enough. You know, 41-year-old is it, it, a bit, you know, more than old for, for, for a professional athlete. But I guess he wants to finish the high. Maybe the World Cup. He's looking forward to the World Cup. So, you know, I wish him all the best. Mm, you do. Uh, okay. Was you taking to the World Cup, uh, Franklin? Well, <laughs> I guess most of the players said, um, you know, even if he's not performing, he's a... He's, uh, he's, uh, what, 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 what did they describe? He's a, you know, he's a good person to have around the players. Mm. He's, you know, you know, influential, motivative for the players. But if he's not doing what he, you know, he's not doing what he used to do by performing on a consistent basis. Mm. It's good to leave the game on a high, you know, but mm. I guess if he wants to go to the World Cup, I, I would pick him, you know, let him Hopefully, he will perform at the World Cup. Wish him all the best. Mm. You don't seem to convince. You don't seem to convince, Frankie. Are you going to pick him or not? I'll give him his last chance. I'll pick him. Frankie. I think he's going to say you don't want to carry him. Well, wow. just give him a chance, and, and hopefully you will finish on a high. Okay. So you take so, 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 so can I call you then, Frankie? Uh, Franklin Rose of Jamaica is saying he'll take Christopher Gale to the World Cup. Can we quote you on that, Frankie? I will take him. I was at the head of that, but <laughs> why, why have him hanging around and mm. not playing him? Right. So, Give him a good send-off. Give him a good send-off. I'm still hesitant and concerned about his performance mm -hmm. and his consistency. Yes. So, wish him all the best. Wish him all the best. Wish him all the best. And hopefully, that will be it after the World Cup. Mm. Yeah, we, we don't expect him to go on. like he's a big fan of the IPL. Oh, yes, yes. We, we won't expect Sorry. him to go on too much longer after playing for the West Indies. I think the World Cup then will be the last you'll ever see him in terms of playing for the best. If he selected, and I'm sure that he will select him. Um, Johnny, um, if we come back to you now, when we will be getting the World Cup at T20 squad? You know, you got a date for that? Uh, 
watching football. They're not thinking about cricket so much. But this year, because there haven't been any other trips overseas for the Australian men's team, this has been it. This is their only um, tour overseas this year, uh, up until the time that the T20 World Cup starts. So they're annoyed about it. They don't like to see Australian teams play badly. Um, I don't think necessarily mind losing close results if a, uh, if a team plays really well, but they don't like seeing an Australian team get smashed around and, and that's exactly what has been happening in, in that 4-1 result. How big a setback has a T20 series against West Indies for Australia if you play for the T20 World Cup later in the year? How big a setback was that? I think it's a massive reality check, so the setback might be in terms of confidence, um, although maybe it creates an opportunity for uh, the Australian setup to do something about it. But it, it's, it's a reality check in that you take out a couple of the top players who didn't come. Um, the Australian coaching setup would have been pretty confident about their bench strength, about the, the next of players to come in and in the end those players haven't been able to put performances together under pressure um, and I think that's a big part of it is, is the pressure that when the university team were able to put Australia under it's the hitting pressure it's the, the constant aggression that Westerners are able to produce to the batting side and then that helps provide pressure um, that lets the bowlers break through as well I think England play in a similar way and Australia didn't have answers to that so it's definitely shown that um, probably the Australian team would have been fairly confident a few weeks ago that that they were able to put a good T20 side together Um, but they'll be having second thoughts now Um, Jeff Jeff Frankie can I Jeff I'm, I'm a little bit confused <laughs> when you mentioned that Australia wasn't born to play 2020 cricket. They, their, their players have been dominating in the, in the IPL. And I think the Big Bash League is the second biggest 2020 league in the world. So I, I would think these guys would come and give Western this a more competitive fight you know, in, in this series, in the 2020. But as you said, they weren't born to play 2020. Um, I, I think I'm disagreeing with that. I think they were, were all played by West Indian, although they didn't have a strongest team. But the big question is the second biggest 2020 league in the world. They dominate in the IPL. So I would think Australia would be the top three in the world. But yeah, it's, like that. It's, it's a curious thing. I guess what I'm looking at is the history of results in which the Australian national team at the T20 team has very rarely looks like it is one of the best in the world. They've, they've often been quite low on the rankings compared to um, the competitiveness that Australia's had in test and one-day cricket, and the points you're making are valid. This is a curious thing, is that it doesn't really make sense. Every 
three T20 World Cup, Australia has picked a squad that looks really good on paper and then hasn't been able to deliver it in the tournament. Um, sometimes in the bilateral series in between World Cups, they've been able to get on some winning streaks and they've gone to number one in the world at times. But when it's come to those tournaments, they've never looked like a convincing team. And there's no practical reason why that should be the case. You know, they've picked good spots with good players, with IPL experience, with, uh, with, with the, the kind of squads that should be able to provide a much bigger challenge. And then when it's come to the crunch, uh, those teams haven't performed. So there is no logical reason for it, really. It's just that historically, mm. it's been the case that Australia's never quite been as good as, as the shortest format as they have been you know, over 50 overs or in test cricket. Very, very interesting indeed. Um, Johnny, um, we can let you go pretty soon. We know that you're a very, very busy man. And uh, what was the latest score there, Johnny? Can you tell me before we go to a commercial break? You can become a commentator on Mason and Guess. So, uh, the innings is, is finished. So, um, yeah, there's four nine overs and uh,
I said, Andrew, it's, it's, it's West Indies cricket. Yeah, um, I've been in the job almost for five years. I've, I've been in the role almost five years now, so um, mm. nothing will surprise me, and um, I'm sure I will continue get, to get letters and correspondence and phone calls, and well, we deal with the challenges as we face them on a daily basis. Oh, oh, oh letters, okay, fair enough. Then. I'm sure you got one very seriously recently. I did my homework. John, we'll speak about it now after it. You know, Mason, and yes, we're always very well prepared here. We, and we do our, 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 our background work before we make statements. Um, but uh, I'm sure that you would be with that kind of situation um, as it unfolds. I want to thank you, Johnny, uh, for being very much a part of Mason and Guest this evening. And let's hope the message come in this one, Johnny. Absolutely, that's why we can keep winning, not just, not just against Australia, but also um, leading into Pakistan and then defend that world team in the UAE in October. All right. Thanks. That's what we all want. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And we'll certainly talk to you again sometime very soon. Thanks, Andrew. Good luck with your homework. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Then they said that once you do your homework, you should pass an exam or two. All right. When we come back, um, I think it's in the interest of balance in the show, Mason and Guest. We're going to get a reaction from the Barbados Cricket Association. Uh, Mason and Guest is Brewerton Association, of course. You are listening to The Cricket Show. Join us each Saturday morning from 9 until 12 noon to hear the Saturday morning entertainment episode. And on Sundays from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, to be a part of the cricket show. To join the show, call 1-515-605-9850. The number again is 1-515-605-9850. Enjoy the remainder uh, of the show. Uh, Johnny, let's go to the president of the Barbados Cricket Association, Mr. Conde, right? Board 
Um, I'm hearing that they are not happy at all, and they wrote Cricket West Indies. Are you aware of that? Andrew. Yes, no. You're not aware of that? No, listen. I believe it would be inappropriate for me to speak to that on this program. Okay. I will speak to that on our next question. What do you think?
Australia. Yes. Uh, and Canada, I was been trying to get to Canada. Go to my sister's funeral. Right. And although that is my older and only sibling, right. I have to go through a whole process. You know? Oh. I understand. You, you, um, you understand. Um, just before you go, Conde, well, I know the has got a question for you. You talked about the legends. But what about your own board? Because I know with interest that not even directors on the board are Kensington. It's not a bit strange. Okay, let, let, let me just say what, what we have been allowed, or who we have been allowed to invite. Right. The BCA executives, yeah. our life vice president, people who would have served and, and earned the right to be life vice president, mm. um, the icon of right. the Mm-hmm. And and them. And so for this role that all of them must be fully vaccinated or go and do the test at the gymnasium or the Bamford Case um to the clinic in that room. So it's like people mm-hmm. from that time area and don't do it. But we are grateful that, you know, that there's been a second thought and that people like Sagari mm-hmm. um where it's right. important.
Mm. And and, and it, so so that you're running for the post of president again, aren't you? Absolutely. Mm. And do you have a challenger, Conde, that you know of? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know that. Hello, Wallace, for vice president. Hello, Wallace. So, I wouldn't know that until the chairman of the election committee, um, uh, Carter, over the box and find out who has been nominated. Okay. Um, for the run for various posts. But have you heard of any challenge? Have you heard of any challenge? No, I haven't heard. Mm-hmm. This is the Berlin German American, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see that Wonderful. Well, Conde, I, wanted, I don't know, um, Dr. Ford, any questions for your friend Conde? Are you going to vote for him? You always vote for Conde. You voted for Conde, uh, not Joe Garner. I was told that, Dr. Ford. Uh, Conde, it's been COVID. And we were having national matches without crowds. We had Elsa. Uh, Kevinson, it usually mm. requires maintenance and all the stuff. How, how difficult has it been economically to, to run Barbados cricket during uh, the pandemic? It hasn't been easy, but you know that the um, Kendall always run by Comey, Kendall always run by Inc. And my CEO and CEO of Comey have worked together to make sure that it will be in the same condition. But right now, no, no, no spectators, but at least the demand from the top rail is all coming in, the, in early January. We want to make sure that the entire place is, you know, we put that the damage sheets off the media center. Obviously, we could get the play today, you know, that. So you're trying to work together and try to make sure that we will be in the same condition for the English visit to um, the Caribbean. The government has for the test and then they leave and go up and come back. Indian come back and we also have a number of um, um, what they And to be quite honest with you, the kind of numbers that we have to deal with. We have a well place because we have the plant, hotel plant, restaurant, hair care, and so on. And the last, in 2019, the last time England came to Barbados, I think the economic impact on Barbados was a reasonable $8 million. So, concretely, it's been part in trying to help rebuild our economy. Uh, in England, I was speaking to other uh, guys from the PMI in England. I was shocked, but because of the stringent and the various barriers in Australia, you used to go to Australia um, and South Africa not want to come to Barbados because, yes, we are a bit higher than, you know, we would like to be, but there are a lot of things that have been put in place. So even like with North Africa, the to Ogo, some people saying that it's overkill and so on. But I am not in a mental um, fraternity. I will be guided by the COVID-19 rate and also the Ministry of Health. I see. As a person. Right. I agree. But I, 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 I think you, though, on the... Andrew, let me just take you off to say this. We had plans to start our season on the 7th. Right. But this whole thing is very slow, is that? Mm. Um, we'll test for the hours and five hours. But mm. we, we have a board meeting coming on Wednesday. Mm. And I mean, the board, I hope, will join the Mary. 
deal with this because mm-hmm. that's been changed so far. So is there any possibility that cricket will not start in, on August the 7th? And then I can think that we will do that date on mm. if we just spike them on. Right. I see. Yeah. I see. I see. So, but just before you go, Conde, um, you said 20 overs, uh, the T20s, and the f- a 40 over competition? Right. When I men first put out to the club, we had a media club. Right. We were talking about 40 over and a 20 over. Mm. But somebody's on the return of spike. Right. And then our board meeting, we will review that provision that we made, what, what we did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the 20 over across the board, because right. it has been right. very, very important. What is the rationale, though, Conde, for having 40 over cricket? As you think from 50 over cricket. Okay. Let, 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 let me explain what the board decided last. Very well attended. You risk. We have to make sure that each club in Barbados, in, from elite, uh, at, oh, at the school, elite, for civilian, school, intermediate, and second division. We knew that things were tight, and the BCA provides all of the sanitizer, the thermometers, and so on for the club. And the large matches that went well. But this year now, when we met with the club via Zoom, we felt that, you know, just to get the guys back over here. But now with this recent spike, bikes being closed, businesses, um, schools, right. we have to revisit that on Wednesday and make the best decision in the interest of health and safety. So that will happen on Wednesday. Right. I'm going that the unmarking, somebody will put out a, I'm going to put out a reduced bit on what the board decides. Right. All right, Conde, I want to thank you very much indeed for coming through and talking to us. Enjoy the rest of the evening. And once again, we, just in the guests, we offer our sympathies. And we hope that you are able to get to Canada. That is, I've been trying for a few years before my sister passed. Oh, dear. But a lot of protocols. Mm. When is she being buried again, Conde? That's not the same no, 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 26. 26, 26 of the month. All right, well, let's hope that you can, um, can make it um, there and uh, be there. All right, thanks, Conde. Thanks, Conde. All right, thank you very much indeed. Franklin Rose, Franklin Rose, uh, who's with us, uh, have you been given any, any consideration to a possible 15-man um, squad going to the World Cup, Frankie? Have you been making any notes? Be note that you are hesitant about Gail, you said you were taken. Um, and you said that you would take Narain, who was really not in the picture. But have you given any consideration at all to a possible team, possible squad, Frankie? Um, not really. I just want to see the boys play good cricket, consistent cricket, hmm. only consistent in one tournament. We need five years of good, consistent cricket from the West Indies. When it's test match, 2020, one-day cricket, you know, we need to give our support, our spectators, mm-hmm. give them a run for their money, you know, mm-hmm. the supporters that stays up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning to listen to Western East cricket, you know, we need to give our spectators a smile, you know, Western East cricket has been, you know, we all know, been down for years, so 
it doesn't matter who they pick, it doesn't matter where they're from, wherever the Caribbean they're from. We just want to see some good, consistent cricket. You know, I do not want to point my fingers on any players and pick the wrong team and then be disappointed. I just want to see good cricket. You just want to see good cricket. Boys, mm. one in I just want to wish them all the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, any cricket being played in Jamaica at this time, Frankie? Um, we have a, um, SPC Cricket. Um, mm. It's a uh, it's, uh, private league. It's not run under the Jamaica Cricket Association. It's a private league where you have the masters, the older boys like Philo Wallace and yourself. Mm. And those type of people. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Ford. So the over 40 and Dr. Ford. Mm. So we have that, that type of cricket. Are you playing, are you playing Frankie? No, I'm, I'm, I'm a spectator. I'm a cheerleader these days. Mm. Mm. I want to play cricket for fun. But <laughs> these guys don't need to get serious. <laughs> At my stage and age of life, I want to have fun. Jamaica versus Barbados, right. Kagan, Trinidad. 
What does he call the female competition? Well, that's the regional tournament, but, 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 but it's not currently well, it is played against Pakistan. They won the first three games, and then Pakistan won. But, but you're right. I think women's cricket needs a lot of attention. Yeah, a lot of attention. Yeah. I need to pay a lot of attention to the future. Mm. So what I do with my free time, I adopt 37 schools in Jamaica. Really? That I go and do my, that I go and do my volunteer program with. And these are schools that cannot afford to pay coaches, and these okay. are schools that cannot afford to put them. Wonderful. So I target these schools to lend my skills and my knowledge to mm-hmm. these schools. Mm. as much as I can. Mm. So I recognize that cricket is dying and I just just do that of you know, from the love of the game mm. to give back. Mm. That's wonderful. Wonderful indeed. And of course the elections are supposed to come up pretty soon in Jamaica. Local Jamaica elections, aren't they? They're gonna run for the post ranking? I don't think I don't think there's any competition there. I think the same president I think he's going to be a dictator for the next 20 years. Oh, Mr. Kevin. He's a, he's a black son of Hussein. Oh. <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man. He's a good man. Billy Evans. He's a fact. He's a, he's a good man, but no mm. competition uh, when it comes down to election. Oh. It's, one, it's very one-sided. Oh. You know, oh. But we'd like to see a lot of change, you know, you know at the club level. Club cricket, the senior club cricket is, is, is very, very weak, non-competitive, and that's why it goes to show when you play at the highest level, play for Jamaica, Western Indies, the quality of cricket is lacking, you know, so we need to pay more attention to our development. Mm-hmm. I'm sure right Barbados, Trinidad, Guyana have the same problem. But Frankie, you talk, what, 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 do the former cricketers get involved? In coaching, is it their national sports council that would um, employ former uh, Jamaican cricketers, outstanding cricketers who represent Jamaica or West Indies? And obviously, they have their formal coaching certificates. They're going to various schools. Yeah. We do not. We had Robert Summers for a few years. Years. And um, I guess they didn't, they didn't satisfy. They weren't satisfied with the results. But. You cannot look for a result when you are developing, when you're trying to, you know, rebuild and develop. Uh, uh, and I think he's one of the best coaches we have here right now. Robert Gaines is in and out, but now some people go there for the money, to be honest. They work for two years and they stop. And at the moment, we do not have anyone from the... Cut a long story short. Mm. Uh, it's very political. So the, 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 the president who is in at the moment, he, he brings his team along with it. You oh, understand what I'm saying? I see. Mm. I see. If, you, if you're not, I'm not going to say it in a disrespecting way, but it's a fact. So they bring their people with them. Oh, to bring their people like with them. Yeah, yeah, and, and if you don't ever know how his team, you can't get You're in trouble. <laughs> well, we've just got another two minutes left in the show. Thank you. I really want to thank you very much for being a part of the Mason and Guest family. And the next time Philo comes to Jamaica, make sure that uh, he um, gets in the back seat and not the front seat. He's a tourist in Jamaica. 
Take him down to um, to Hellshire. You know Hellshire? I'll definitely treat him better than when I'm in Barbados. He just needs to give me a phone call when I'm in Barbados. I'm in London. Mm. You know, I had mercy of the keeper as well. Mm. 
they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not showcasing this nice full talent, you know. He's a talented cricketer. Right. The stars are good to take that they expect of him. He's going to get better results from it. He's going to get leaner and he's going to get meaner. What's going to happen when they lose him early? We, we, you know, you can't think so negative. You can't think so negative. He's in a position now where he has to open because of the spot. Right, right, right. And the challenges. Right. Uh-huh. Exhibition, exhibition belt in this game. Every time of course, of course, he's right. my favorite player. If he comes on the series for it's going to give him more good. It's going to give him good momentum for Pakistan. Pakistan is not going to be easy in West Indies at all. No. Young, serious fast bowlers.
was happening in the world of sport, West Indies and not doing well at all in the reply to 252 set by Australia. We hope they can make it. But but good news is that Hayden Walsh has gotten a Pfeiffer, 5 for 39 from his 10 overs. Awesome, awesome um, results. Uh, having had a late call to the team to this should cement his place in the air at least for another test match. I mean, another ODI. We wish the young man well. Tonight, I'm sure he has the bat. See how he will perform. Good night, and God bless you guys on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>